Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, uh, pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we are in John chapter 2. Now, yesterday we started with this just amazing vision of Jesus and him being full of grace and full of truth, him being the the, the pre-existent God who is, who is part of creation. We started there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, and we have seen His glory. Glory of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's where we were yesterday. And, and now John chapter 2, the, the story continues. We've, we've had John's ministry, John the Baptist, and now we're getting to know Jesus. And we're seeing some things about Jesus. And in John chapter 2, it begins with Jesus, before really his ministry has begun, he is attending a wedding, and um, some of his disciples are there, so so some things are happening, some following is beginning to exist with, with Christ. He, he's there with his mom, and... Uh, and there's a there's a terrible terrible tragedy at this wedding. Uh, they run out of wine. <laughs> this is a, meant to be a, a celebration. This is meant to be a joyous occasion, and uh, major faux pas, major issue. The uh, the wine has run out. And so let's jump in. Let's listen to this. Let's listen to this story. I'm just going to read the story for us today. Here's where it starts. It says, "On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there." Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, sometimes we read this and we say, Wow, Jesus was really disrespectful to his mom. But this is really just customary language. He says, What does this have to do with me? My my, my hour is not yet come. The time for my ministry, my public ministry, it's not really, it's not launch time yet. And uh, and so mom knows Jesus can do something about it. We, we don't have all the details as to why she knows that, but she clearly does. And Jesus is saying, I'm not, it's not time for me to publicly broadcast my identity and my, my ministry. Well, the text continues. His mother said to the servants, and do whatever he tells you. I mean, this is classic mom-son relationship. Mom, it's not time for me to do this. And and she turns and she just says to the servants, hey, he's going to do something. Do whatever he says. And so uh, verse 6, now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it, and the master of the feast tasted the water. Now, taste feast tasted the water. Now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, "Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now." This. The first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan, Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now, what do we do with this story? Well, we, we, okay, this is interesting. Jesus is taking this water and he's turning it to wine. This is not the, the most miraculous thing we can imagine. And yet, here's what we see we see at the very end this is the first of his signs. 
And, and it's appropriate for the first of his signs to be at a wedding because the, the culmination of Jesus in, in his incarnation, his perfect life, his, his crucifixion, his, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and ultimately his return, and then the church being brought to him. The culmination of it is it's the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's the wedding feast of the Lamb. And so we, we see that the, the beginning of his ministry is, is at a wedding where there is celebration and there is celebration with this wine. And it's interesting that Jesus, he, he turns the wine or the water into wine in these purification jars. There's symbolic imagery here of, of the purification that we have in Christ. There's, there's uh, the, the customary practice in the wedding where the good wine is served first. And then when people start to have had too much to drink maybe, or maybe they're not as attuned to whether the wine is good or not, then the poor wine is served. But, but now Jesus has turned this water into wine and it is not just... It is not just okay wine. It is it is great wine. It is the best wine. It is it is kind of a, a big deal is made about the fact that this is amazing wine now, and this just is demonstrating Jesus his transformational power, his his purifying power, and ultimately this is all meant to be a sign. This is meant to display his glory. His glory. We beheld his glory. The glory of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, this sign, it's, it's really a sign that has been to be a flashing light. Behold Christ. Behold the Son of God. This, that, that, that is this story's aim. It's that we would behold Christ. You know, this first really... Uh, you know, dozen chapters of John there. It, sometimes it's called the book of signs. We're going to see sign after sign after sign after sign. Behold the glory of the only Son of God. And then we get to the, the latter chapters and sometimes it's called the book of glory. As we, we behold his glory and his crucifixion and his resurrection. And so what, is, what does this mean for us? Ancient way for our modern day. You know, this is going to be a lot of the book of John. It's just we're going to behold Christ in his glory. Behold the transforming power of Christ. Not just to, to take this pure, these purif purification jars and transform water into wine, but let's begin to remember the, the transforming power, the transforming glory of Christ in our lives when he takes us and these these broken, sinful bodies and these, these wayward lives that we have lived. And when he, his grace and his truth, they impact us. They, they collide with our lives. When we trust in his death and resurrection, you know what he does? He, he does the same thing. He transforms us. He takes what is common, what is plain, what is ordinary, and he, he transforms us into, into ultimately vessels that display his glory that reflect his glory that demonstrate look at what god has done uh, look at look at his grace in my life he's taken me who used to be full of anger and and i, I used to be wandering all of these ways away from the lord and look at how he's transformed me and now i have his love and his grace now i'm full of kindness Look Look at my life, someone who used to be so timid and, and afraid to say anything to, that would cause a stir. And now, I, now I'm willing to boldly say Christ is Lord, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance. Look at how he's transforming you and I into vessels of his 
glory.